this morning, I want us to uh, deal with, and I'm always looking at, at why life is the way it is, the world the way it is, the, you know, and, and everybody gives solutions and answers, and we, need to, and we need to do more of this and throw more. But I want to I give you a, a broad outlook or just a, a mindset of why we are where we are in our world. Why our world struggles so much and just seemingly in this pool of just mediocrity, this pool of just everybody just kind of at the same level, or the same, just, just living in the same world, living in the same mindset. I, wanna, I entitled it this morning, The Bottom is Really Getting Crowded. Look at the person beside you and tell them, say, The Bottom is Really Getting Crowded. Being average being, quote, normal, being just everyday usual is become the norm. From sports, when I grew up, sports was such a thing that, that very few people got any trophies in sports. It, it was an honor to be called out to have won an award, to win a trophy, whereas now Every kid gets a participation award. Every, everybody gets a trophy. I, I, I remember as my kids were growing up, I lived my whole life. I was an athlete, and I probably, in my treasure chest of trophies, probably had nine or ten, maybe twelve trophies that I had earned, and I could tell you what each one of them was for. And all. By the time my boys and my daughter had grown up, we just started boxing up trophies. We, we, just, we just had trophies this tall, that tall, plastic trophies, this trophy, you know, so-and-so played this year, they did this, and it was like, okay. In school, we, we don't want anyone left behind, so we lower standards to the point to where we try to pass everybody we can. And then on doing that, we also make it to where no child gets left behind, that even if you do fail a few times, we're just going to promote you anyway. We tried really hard in our society to keep everybody on level ground, to keep everybody average. The only problem is, is now as we look around at our society, the bottom is getting really, really crowded. The bottom is getting to a point to where we don't appreciate or we don't glorify excellence or we, we look more for the fact that if somebody is, we just want to see them fall just so that proves they're just like the rest of us. And so in life, this is the way it is. And I want to show you, as you turn women in your Bibles to Luke 19, Luke 19 Verses 1 through 10, or 1 through 5 is what we'll read to begin. Let me just say it this way. The rule and reign in life, to rule and reign in life, you must get out of the common. Everything about the Christian life is about not being common. I know that, and that's what's so hard about the because we try to create churches where we just do common stuff. We just go to church. We leave at a certain time. Everything, we try to bring it in to something. Can't we just, can't we just make it normal? Do we have to do, do I have to stand? Do I have to worship? Do I have to do this? Why can't I just sit here? Why, can't, why do I have to do more than I am doing? For you to become outstanding, for you to rise above the crowd or the norm, there is a kind of orientation you must have. You can make history, not just read history, about other people's lives. Think of how much time we spend now watching reality shows, keeping up with other people's Facebook, living our lives, and the only thing that we really know is what somebody else did because that's what we talk about. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Hey, did you watch that yesterday? Did you see that video? Did you see this? We spend most of our time living our lives through other people through watching others, keeping up with others, talking to others. And we live in a world to where everybody is trying to feel special in a world where everybody's at the same level. I remember a Jeep commercial years ago. 
And I loved it so much because it just says, don't have time to keep up with your life, too busy living mine. And I love that. Don't have time to keep up with your life. Too busy living mine. Go with me now and let's read about this story. It's a very familiar story. But it's a story to me that's a lot deeper than what we normally speak. It's a story that goes a lot deeper than a lot of times what we actually tell you. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. One of my favorite stories, even though it's only about 10 verses long. Only 10 verses in this book of Luke, and yet it is, it is, we write songs about Zacchaeus. We write books about Zacchaeus. We, 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 Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Why? It's just a, it's just a little story. But inside this story is everything that deals with excellence and life. Listen. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was rich. Look at the person beside you and say, he was the head of the IRS and he was wealthy. And he sought to see Jesus. Now something about this man, something in the process, he has a decision that, you know what, I have money and I have this, but what I really want what I really would like is I would like to see Jesus. But could not because of the what? The crowd. The crowd that was on the same level as him. The crowd that saw everything like him. The crowd that was trying to, to get to Jesus just like him. But could not because of the crowd. For he was of short stature. He was not a tall enough person. I know we always make him out to me. He's a little bitty. It just means that he was not tall enough to see over. He, he, it wasn't that he was very, very short. It wasn't that he was just like this miniature guy, but it was just the fact that whatever he was, he wasn't enough in who he was to be able to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. For whatever reason, he could not see or do the thing that in his heart he really, truly wanted to do. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, Salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was. This is a short story about a man who, who just because of his stature and who he was, was unable to be able to reach the goal that he wanted. Now, I want to show you this morning, just very quickly, I'm not preaching long this morning because I'm tired. Is that okay? Look at the person I just say, Pastor's tired. So I'm not going to beat a long way around a bush when I'm just going to tell you point blank what I need to tell you. And you can do with it what you want to. You can excel, stay where you're at, hope things get better. But I'm someone that it is built like this. If you want to be around me or hang around me, here is the one quality that you must have. You must have a quality of someone who wants to be great. And I don't care what area that is. It doesn't mean you've got to say, I want to be wealthy or I want to be rich or I want to be, I don't care if you just say, Pastor, I want to be a great parent. Great, let's work at that. 
Pastor, I want to be a, a, a great teacher. Great, let's work at that. Pastor, I want to be in better shape. Great, let's work at that. One group that I will, I, I'm always going to struggle with are those who have no passion or desire to be great. You're a waste of my time. Look at the person beside you and say, that hurts. Jesus came and said, listen, you who are well don't need a physician. I've come to seek those that are sick, that are lost, that are hurt. If you would have hung around Jesus, there's a lot of people that would have been just dismissed very quickly. Not because you're a bad person, not because, but Jesus came with one mindset. It is the woman with the issue of blood who presses in that he stops the crowd for. It's Jairus' whose daughter who is sick and said, please come to my house. That's who he goes to the house of. It is Jesus who in his life is consistently looking for people who have a mindset that I want to be greater or better than I am right now. I want to be more than I am. I'm not here this morning to waste an hour of my time. I'm not here because it's, you know, it's just Sunday and I'm supposed to be in church. I'm here because a part of me wants to be better and greater and more whole and more healed and more satisfied and more fixed and more. I'm looking for a physician. And Jesus said, then I am your ticket because I am the great physician. I am the healer. I am the pearl of renown. I am the one that you're looking for, but if you're just wanting someone to excuse you for who you are right now, I'm not your ticket. Of all the things that I never saw Jesus do, I never saw him have pity. Jesus could walk into a group of lepers and not have pity. He could have compassion. He could look at sick people and say, you want to be made whole? You want to be better? But not pity. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because I want to show you this morning, if, if you were to look up on the internet and look up qualities of successful people, qualities that are required to be successful, in whatever area, whatever you want to be, a successful wife, a successful husband, a successful pastor, a successful whatever you want to be, the list is pretty small. It's not really large. It's not complicated. But they are the requirements that must be in your life if you intend to be more than you are right now. Now, you may be happy with what you are right now. You just may want people to accept you the way you are right now. But if you want to be more than what you are right now and be successful, then listen to me very carefully. These are traits that Zacchaeus possessed. And he possessed them, and it caught the attention of Jesus. So that's why I love this story so much. Because in my life, I want to catch the attention of Jesus. It's not an accident that, that God looked down in Mississippi and said, I need a place to build a camp. Let me look for a church. Let me look for a group that I know can get it done. And guess where he found it? Not because we're smarter or better, or definitely not because we're richer or we're, we're more this. It's just because he's looking for specific qualities, whether he wants to bless you, use you, grow. It is specific qualities, whether you're in business or any avenue. Let's walk through them, and I want to show you how Zacchaeus portrays them and how he gains the attention of Christ and gets an understanding. Number one, if you're going to be more or decide that you don't want to be at the crowd level, you want to be more than just average and more than just a, a, some, a face in the crowd, then number one, you're going to have to have aspiration or you're going to have to have passion. Some of you are going to have to practice passion. You have to grow in passion. Something has to grow in you that finally says, that's what I want more than anything else in the world. You have to practice. Some of you are going to have to practice it. Some of you needed to have practiced it this morning, looked in the mirror and told your face, you need to smile. Come on. 
Act like you don't want to die. Act like you got more to live for than just breathing. You're going to have to put a pep in your step. You're going to have to have passion in life. If I walked in and and every day you saw, how you doing, pastor? Okay. I'm doing all right. Would you want to be around me very long? No. I'm like, just get the heck away from me. Why? Because if you've got no passion, you're not going to, if you've got no aspiration, no, no reason to get up in the morning, no, no great desire to put your shoes on, no other than the fact that I've got to, I, I'm forced to, I would rather just lay here. But, I, but I, I, if you can come up with a mindset that you have passion, it will change everything about your life. Zacchaeus had one passion. He was rich, he was wealthy, he was head of the IRS, but none of that mattered anymore. The only thing that mattered to Zacchaeus, even though he had had everything that it seemingly you need. I want to see Jesus. I want to see this man everybody else keeps talking about. I want to meet Jesus. You know what will draw you to an altar when, when, when everybody else doesn't go to an altar? You know what will cause you to raise your hands and praise when nobody else is praising around you? You know what will cause you to seek him and fasting and praying? is when you want to meet Jesus even if nobody else wants to meet Jesus. It's when you want to know him and get close to him and walk with him and talk with him it's a passion it says I don't care anything about this church I don't care anything about these buildings I just want to see Jesus and Zacchaeus the main passion if I were to ask you this what is the most important thing to you in life what would you say I know what you tell me now oh Jesus But if I'd asked you this morning, if you could have one thing in life, what would you want? If I were to ask you when you was eating breakfast, if you could have one thing in life, I just wish I had enough money I didn't have to work. Okay? I I just just wish our, our kids were better. I just wish this was better. Okay? Figure out your passion. And I'll tell you where you're going. I've made no bones about it from the time if you ever meet me or you meet me tomorrow, you'll find out I have one passion. One. It drives me in the morning. It drove me up here yesterday to stop, start mopping floors and cleaning stuff. And it, it's, it's, it's what moves me every day. It's, it's, what, it's to be close to whatever Jesus is doing. I just want to be one in the middle of whatever my master is doing. I don't care who wins the baseball games. I don't care who wins the football games. I don't care what the Kardashians did last night. I have one goal. And it's not an accident that whatever it is you're passionate about, that will be the thing you're good at. If you're passionate about looking good, here's the thing. You'll spend two minutes reading your Bible and two hours getting ready. Because that's what you're passionate about. You're going to be good at whatever you're passionate about. Change your passion and you change your life. I want the results without the... You can't have it. Look at the person beside you and ask them, what are you passionate about? What is it you want that you're not, you're not willing to lose? I may have to change. Things may have to change. If you say, I'm passionate about my marriage. Really? What are you willing to change? What are you willing to, to change about your life to make it better? Oh, I know you, you got no problem with all the flaws of the other person, but I'm talking about what are you willing to do? See, passion causes you to have to move. And Zacchaeus is loaded with, listen, if you want to reach your goals, it helps to care a lot about what you're doing. Whatever it is your goal is, you're not going to be good at it unless you care enough and are passionate enough to do it. 
Number two, not only did Zacchaeus want to see Jesus, not only was, was he, he qualifies, he makes the check mark. Number one, passion. Do you have passion? Yes. Do, do you have aspirations for more? Yes. Number two, Zacchaeus was optimistic. Do you think you can do it, Zacchaeus? Yes. My whole life has been a mindset of doing what they didn't think I could do. Growing up, Zacchaeus was still short. He didn't get short just when he wanted to meet Jesus. He was born short. He's always been short in school. He was the kid they picked on for being short. Whatever games required being tall, he was the last picked. Whatever things that people thought you were going to do, it was a flaw that he had to carry every day of his life. He was short of stature. But one thing that he always possessed and he could never crush with him was optimism. How do you know this? Because you look at Zacchaeus' life, somewhere along the line of being short, he did not sit down and just say, well, I'm short, I'm fat, I'm chubby, I'm this, I'm dumb, I'm that, I'm, 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 good, I'm not as good looking, I'm, I don't have hair on my head. Whatever it might have been he could have used, he never used it as an excuse. He just in his optimism said, you know what, I'm going to be successful regardless. So how do you know? Because the Bible makes it very clear that he doesn't just say he was Zacchaeus. It says he was Zacchaeus who was head of the IRS in Jericho City. He was a wealthy man. He was somebody who had worked and had overcome the obstacles to be successful at whatever he had put his hands to. His whole life was built on I can do it. You're too short. I can still do it. You can't make, oh, I can make it. Don't you worry, just give me the task. And in life, it is the optimism that makes the difference in your life. If I were to ask you why you can't do something, you can give me a bunch of reasons. Why you haven't made it yet, you can give me a lot of excuses. But you don't meet many people who are optimistic anymore about where they're going. One of the greatest compliments I guess I get is the fact that not so much that I'm bright or anything of that nature, but it's the fact that when I said we were going to do something, we do it. There's something about optimism. There's something about saying we're going to make it. If things go down, do people turn to you and say, what do you think? What do you think? Do they call you and say, hey, what do you think? Because usually people are going to call the optimistic people at those moments in their life. Why didn't you call me? If you have to ask somebody why they didn't ask you or call you or want to talk to you, then it's probably because what comes out of your mouth is very rarely optimistic. It's probably more pessimistic or critical. The biggest, biggest, biggest success often starts with fantastical goals. See, when you're wanting to do something beyond normal, there's very few people you can actually talk to about. Right? Because you can't talk to the crowd about it. You, you, can't, you can't look at the crowd and say, you know what, I'm thinking about doing this. <sighs> yeah, we all would like that. You're going to have to find people who are above crowd level who actually can put into your life optimism that I believe you can. Not only was he too short, but he also had another strike against him. He was a renowned sinner. In fact, even in the process of meeting Jesus and becoming more 
Those in the crowd, as soon as Jesus said, I'm going home with you, the crowd began to talk. Look at him. Everybody knows he's a sinner. Everybody knows how messed up he is. Everybody, see, the other side of you trying to rise above will be the fact that everybody who's ever known you will be there to try to remind you you can't do it. Two qualities in optimism you got to have. First is to be able to handle fantastic dreams. Optimistic people can have, when people, I don't see how you're going to get there. I ain't worried about how you can see it. I'm telling you, we're going to make it. And then the second thing is that you really don't care what other people think. You just don't care what other, because most of the other people that think are people at ground level with you. Some of y'all come into this church. Just experience that. You started coming here, man. I got. I'm telling you, we're gonna, we're gonna do more. We're gonna get involved. We're gonna be. Not only did it take optimism, but you also had to deal with all the people that said, "Why are you going there? You need to go over here where all of us just stay at the same level. We all go eat lunch together every afternoon at twelve o'clock." We all get out at the same time. Everything's good. They don't ask us to show up on Saturday afternoons to work. Not that we would do it if they did. But they don't even ask. Optimism, not only because he was short, but also because those in the crowd were already labeling him, already had a label for him. So you're going to have to overcome that label. Maybe they called you a loser. Maybe they called you short. Maybe they called you whatever. Maybe they called you, hey, you got, I know who they used to date. I know what they used to do. I know what they used to be. I know what. You're going to have to grow past it. To be successful, you've got to create optimism in your life. Number three. The next thing you'll have to have is patience or persistence. Are you a persistent person or are you a quitter? Track record will always show it. Well, I tried to do this. I tried to do it. Zacchaeus could have said the same thing. He, he could have said, I went, and I went to the place where he was going to be. I stood there. I was with everybody. And you know what? I just couldn't see him. I was too short. I, he didn't, wouldn't want to see me anyway because everybody knows how bad a sinner I am. I, I, I tried, Brother Lot, I tried, and I just decided it just wasn't meant to be. But Zacchaeus was patient. And Zacchaeus was persistent. He said to himself, listen, I want to see him. I, I don't care what it takes. And he gets to thinking. And he gets to, 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 to trying to figure this thing out. And he says, whatever it takes, I'm willing to do. I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping. Listen, every successful person has experienced failure. If you want to get a great book, get John Maxwell's book, Failing Forward. It's, it's one, of my, my, one of my top books. I read it ever so often. Because he goes through all the people in history, from the guy who owned Honda, the people who owned Coca-Cola. Now they're making them on the History Channel, and they show you all the different, how they failed and made it right and fixed it. But, but he came out with a book years ago about all these successful people, and you would think that, oh, man, so-and-so was successful, and so-and-so. And then he talks about how all their life was just failing and figuring it out, and failing and figuring it out. They were people that were persistent people. They were people that did not accept no. They were patient. They were waiting, never giving up. Zacchaeus, even standing in the crowd, can't see. <sighs> what do you do? Number four, to be a successful person, you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to be 
creative. Let, let me just explain it to you this way. If your marriage is not working, let me give you some insights. It's going to help you a whole lot. You're going to have to do something different than you've been doing. Wow. You're going to have to become creative. You can't keep doing it the same way and can't figure out why you're not happy. You're going to have to become creative. I'm not a creative person. Yeah, you are. But most people would rather sit and soak wanting things to change around them to make them happy than they would to become creative and fix the things they know they need to fix. Boy, y'all quiet. This y'all's favorite story too? It's mine. So you're going to have to become creative. From the arts to the science, those who have the capacity to think originally have a greater chance always of success. It, it, it doesn't matter whatever you're doing. Just like we talk about the volleyball net. That seems like a small thing, but it's a thing. I had this grand plan, Sam. Dig the hole, concrete the poles, put several thousand dollars worth of good sand on it, and just hang the nets. It was a wonderful plan. If you lived in the clay hills of Eupora, But the gumbo that I lived on said, no. And I remember the day after I had them stretched, came back the next day, was so excited about seeing it, and both the poles were. And I thought, man, do you know how much work? I even learned how to drive a bulldozer digging that hole. Failure. That's just part of life. But being able to be creative, so what did you do? I started talking to people. I started figuring it out. I got to figure, so we got to do. We got to get some, got to get some, those trailer anchors and, and something that you can't pull up out of the ground. Somebody even said, hey, we could sink 10 bags of concrete right there and have a little eye boat. That'll work too. Whatever's heavy enough and whatever won't move and whatever we can keep adjusting because here's the one thing, what I did failed. <gasps> you failed, Brother Lot? Normally consistently, on a regular basis. I was putting down sealer yesterday and trying to figure out how to keep the doors open and hold it in the pan and put down sealer. And I can't tell you, there's going to be spots out there on the concrete that's just going to be like, it's going to be dirty everywhere and it's going to be this one clean spot. Let me explain why. Because there's sealer on certain parts of the concrete outside. And my wife is looking like, But I figured it out. I figured I didn't have to bend over with a paintbrush. I could put a pole on the paintbrush and do it this way around there. Man, I figured out a lot of stuff failing through the first. But how many of us in the first one, when it didn't go easy and then when it was hard and we start to sweat, <laughs> forget this. That's the story of your life. You're going to have to become creative. Zacchaeus became creative. He thought to himself, I can't fix this. I, I can't grow. I don't have no way to fix it. And then he got to thinking, all right, Jesus has to go this way. The crowd is going to go down Main Street. And I know around the curve up here, there's a big sycamore tree. So the Bible says he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed, here's this rich guy now. We ain't talking about just somebody. One of the wealthiest men in town. He climbs a sycamore tree, embarrasses himself, hanging on to limbs, just so he can complete the passion that's in his life. He's willing to change, to adjust, to reach the goals that he wants to reach. What number am I on? Five? 
Six, five. Number five, you have to have self-discipline. A drive. Drive. Do you have drive in you? Are you willing to climb a tree and wait? It's not like it happened instantaneously. He climbs a tree and he just has to... Jesus is healing people along the way. The crowd goes for a while and it stops. Oh, man. He done stopped again. Because when Jesus passes through cities and stuff, he's healing people. They're bringing sick people. People are wanting to talk with him. People are wanting to touch him. Everything's going on. And it's not like this thing is just moving like a parade, like a, like a procession. It, it goes and it stops. And it goes and it's like he can see him, but it, oh, man. Oh. Everyone procrastinates. And everyone has a vice or two in your life. However, but those who are continually successful never let distractions overcome them. You want to be successful in whatever it is you want to be, raising children, whatever it is, at your work. It's the people who don't let distractions overcome. Some of you can't be any better because at 10 o'clock every morning your stomach starts growling. You can't think about nothing but food for the next two hours. Distractions. You ever work around people like that? Man, you're getting rolling and going. All of a sudden, is it lunchtime yet? I'm like, we'll tell you when it's lunchtime. Now, y'all ain't never been around none of them folks. I'm just talking about people I've worked with. They have to have self-discipline. They got to be willing to climb and wait. Patience and all of this works in. And Jesus eventually makes it to the tree. He eventually gets there. And to Zacchaeus' surprise, Jesus stops the possession right there, looks up in the tree. And now it's not a mistake because Zacchaeus is in a place where He can see him. And Jesus looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. Because today I'm going to your house and I must stay at your house and eat today. And Zacchaeus with haste came down. Zacchaeus with haste, even though people are mumbling around, he's going to the house of a sinner. He's he's a sinner. He's a bad person. Zacchaeus invites him into the house. Jesus enters the house. But you know what happens when you're around Jesus? A lot of times we come to church and we have this thing that we want. You ever do that? The Lord messes me up more times this way. I come thinking, I just need this. If I could just get this, I'd be happy. And when I get to being around Jesus for a little while, I begin to realize that's not the important thing. That Jesus actually knows more about me than I know about myself. It was surprising that he knew my name, that he knew I was in the tree. But it's even more surprising all the things he relates to me as we sit together and as we talk together. And somewhere in the process, Zacchaeus realizes what I was looking for is really not what I was looking for. Why did I come to church? Because I'm supposed to. Because I'm required to. Because it makes my week better. Just maybe, just maybe you came to church today because you need a Savior. Maybe you need something that's more important than what you're living for right now. You know, all that stuff that makes you unhappy. All that stuff that you keep praying, if God would just fix it, I'd be a happy person. 
just maybe, maybe when you get into the presence of Jesus, He actually shows you what you really need more than anything else is me. More than you need the volleyball court fixed. Really, Lord, I really need that volleyball. Maybe you need me. More than you need anything else, Tim. More than you need your job to be better, your kids to be better, your marriage to be better, your work, your life, your health. Maybe what you really need more of is just me. And it hit Zacchaeus. It hit him. I need to improve. I need to be passionate about something other than what I've been passionate. And Zacchaeus stands up. The next thing you've got to have is a desire to improve and a commitment to learn. A desire to improve and a commitment to learn. I always tell people this, that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. We like those rooms, don't it? We walk in. We know more than most everybody. Those are comfortable rooms. But if you're in that room, you're in the wrong room. And let me explain something, that when Jesus is in the room with you, you're always the dumbest person in the room. If Jesus is in the room, you have to take the posture of someone who says, I want to improve. I want to learn. Zacchaeus jumps up from the table. He looks at the Lord and he says, Lord, half of everything that I have, Half of everything that I have, I give to the needy. Those that are poor. And I'm going to go back through my records, Lord, and anyone that I have ever cheated, anyone I ever cheated, I will pay them four times what I cheated them. But if you do that, Zacchaeus, you won't be the wealthiest person around anymore. You give half of everything you got. If you go make right all the stuff... But you don't understand. I found something that's more important than the thing that I once was passionate. Really, all I ever wanted to do was see Jesus. I thought that was all I want. I just wanted to check the box and say I met Jesus. The problem is, is that when I met Him... I realized He was the most important thing that I've ever needed. For some of you in this room, you just needed to check the box. And when you walk out today, you can tell everybody, I went to church. Okay. Did you go to church Sunday? Man, I was in church. You in church Sunday? You checked the box. When what was really supposed to happen was that you were supposed to have an encounter so powerful with Jesus that He actually reminded you why you live. That's why Jesus ends it in verse 10 by saying this. Verse 9 and 10. Pull those up for me again. And Jesus said to him, Today, Salvation has come to this house because He also is a son. Now we've been knowing He's a sinner. We've been knowing all that He was. We've been knowing how bad a person. He was a tax collector. He, he had a crooked job. We know everything. But it's not until Jesus finally speaks at the end and says, let me tell you who He really was. All along, He was really a son of Abraham. That's who he was. When God looks at you, that's what he wants to be able to do. When you say, Lord, I've I, I failed, I, God, I messed it up, God, I, I've done, 
He wants to be able to look at you and say, today salvation has come into your life. Afresh and anew. You've been re-reminded, retouched. And and I want to remind you who you are. You are a child of God. That's who you are. You're not that job. You're not just the parent. You're not just the, the husband, the wife. You're not just this. Who you really are is you're my child. And I just want to remind you, salvation today, afresh and anew, has come to you. For the Son of Man, your Master, my Master, His whole purpose, His whole purpose is to do one thing. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is. Will you stand? So I want to ask you just one question this morning because you're in the right place. You're in the right room. You're having the right conversation. But I want to ask you one question that you've got to answer honestly. Are you lost? As the Spirit was moving over the no, no, I know what you. I know, I know what your religious mind, real quick, wants to say. Wants to, no, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this morning when you got up. Was your life a different purpose than what it was meant to be? When you got up this morning, was your whole goal? I just need to go see Jesus. That's all I really knew. Just need to see Jesus. Maybe when you got in this room, you realized my goal was not to see Jesus. My goal was to be touched by Jesus. Because Jesus didn't just come by to see you in the tree and say, hey, Tim, how you doing, buddy? Doing fine, Lord. Just hanging out in this tree. Just want to see you. No, his purpose was to say, Tim, come down. Let's me and you spend some time together, son. Because as I talk to you, it's going to remind you that I'm not living for the right purpose, the right reason, the right excuses. What I realize is, Lord, I'm lost. And I want to make it right. I want you to be the passion of my life. And just like Zacchaeus looks at the things that once was his passion and says, Lord, I'll give half of it away. I'm not telling you to go home and give away your money today. That's not it. But I'm telling you, when do you know that Jesus has become my passion when you're willing to lay down the thing that used to be your passion? The thing that used to be, if I could have this, I'd be happy. No, the only reason you're not happy this morning is because your relationship with Jesus is not what it should be. This morning, as you've heard what I've had to say, is there anyone in here that would say, Pastor, this morning I'm lost? not talking about myself, I'm lost. I get caught up in so much other junk. My mind is in so many other things. I've put myself in such debt trying to find it, live it, create it. This morning, Pastor, I'm miserable because I keep telling if I could just get this, then life would be good. No, it wouldn't. It'd just be one more thing. Jesus sent me by to tell you this morning that the only thing that's required and needed to be a success is to know that you are walking with Him. 
and He's walking with you. And this morning, I'm looking for someone who says, Pastor, I want to be a success. Not by the world standard, not by everybody in the crowd, but I want to be a success. And if that's you today, I want you to do what Zacchaeus, you're going to have to come down from your perch. You're going to have to come down and you're going to have to spend time with him and you're going to have to talk. And he's going to be things that you're going to have to say, God, I love you more than I love this. I'll show you. And if that's you this morning, and I want you to step out. That's just like Zacchaeus stepping down, climbing down with haste. Didn't waste time and said, let's go. If that's you this morning, I want you, you, to come spend time with the one who can tell you everything that you want to know about your life and can heal what nobody else can heal and can resolve what nobody else can resolve. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, for that person that's just come by to see you, but right now, Lord, they're talking with you. Give them the courage, the boldness to not be average, to not just be somebody left in the crowd, but to be exceptional. Father, I pray that right now over every person in this room, anyone who says today is me, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, for your presence right now that's so heavy and thick in this place right now. Thank you. Some of you that you, you struggle right now because of the title you already have. Just like Zacchaeus was a sinner, some of you... Well, well, I'm, I'm this. I'm, I, it, what would it look like if I go down there? What would it, it don't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. All that matters is that you get to spend time with Him. Quit worrying. Quit worrying. Just move. Father, thank You for this morning for your presence, for all those right now that you're touching. God, you're so heavy right now. God, give us a Zacchaeus moment. Give us a moment where we see what it is we're really, really wanting. Thank you. Father, as we begin to pray with these, I ask in a few minutes that you just bless us. Father, for those that I'm fixing to dismiss, I speak that, God, they will give the enemy fits this week. And that, God, your presence will shine through them like light and salt. God, they will go and transform the world that they live in. Because greater is he that's in them than anything that's in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.